Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Sefer A. This is season 29 for me and season 25 for Amanda. And this is day 11 of season 97. Our first question asks for the word for uh, a geometric object uh, formed by connecting the corners of a polygon to a single point on a different plane. My first thought is this has something to do with cones. Mm. But cor- that's, I think, a circle. Sure. Corners of a polygon, uh, my, my first thought is pyramid. Then I had to think, well, is a pyramid just a four-sided version of this? And I thought, no, there's nothing in the word pyramid that would indicate four. Mm-hmm. It's not a tetramid or a quadramid or anything like that. So I kind of figured, okay, that, so you know, a, a pyramid uh, can be anything that just goes to a point. So it could be a like a, a four-sided die is a pyramid. It's just a pyramid from a triangle instead of a square. Right. Um, and anything else, any, any, any larger number of, uh, of sides on the base just kind of looks more and more like a cone as you get more and more of them. But, True. But yeah, I feel like that, I, I was fairly certain that unless it was some word that I just hadn't heard since college algebra, <laughs> that this was pyramid. Yeah, this was one of the math questions that I found very easy to picture. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes seeing these things described in, you know, prose basically is a little bit hard to translate to sort of like, okay, well, what does this mean when I try to draw the object in my mind's eye, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one I could picture like, okay, a polyhedron. So a, a shape with, you know, I guess several straight sides to mm-hmm. it and then going up from the corners to a point definitely seems like a pyramid um and you know I I thought pyramid sounded suitably derived from Greek you know mm-hmm. that, yep. that yep. looked like an appropriate construction um I didn't think about you know if it was based on the number of sides then it would have a number name right. like that that's a really good um insight into it uh, I did just sort of think to myself, like, I know at least two different kinds of pyramids. The three-sided and the four-sided are mm-hmm. ones that I can picture. Um, and I hadn't really ever bothered to ponder the possibilities of a five, you know, mm-hmm. a, a five-sided pyramid base or six-sided or, or on and on. And, you know, thinking of that, like, that's basically how you would sort of, I don't know, integrated in some way there's got to be some function that gets you to that cone um you know shape instead Mm -hmm. but um i thought yeah i think this would have to be applicable to more than one particular number of sides um you know and i could think of a couple of examples in that sense so i couldn't think of anything better to put down than pyramid and that was correct the second question asks us for the name of a hybrid mandarin and sweet orange named after a French missionary. Yes, and sadly for me, I focused much too much on the geographic location of where this fruit was created, um, noting that it's northern Algerian. And I thought, well, my brain just went right to Tangiers, Tangerine, um, which is 
probably a similar hybrid. I don't think it's this exact uh, cross necessarily, but uh, in any case, I couldn't rid myself of the sense that, well, this is, you know, it's Algerian. It has to be Tangiers that, that the question is trying not to talk about, but hinting at. Um, and so uh, not having reread it a little more closely, I put down Tangerine. Hmm. So you, you didn't make the leap that Tangiers was named after the missionary. You just kind of alighted that part from your thinking. Yeah, the named after the missionary part is what I really yeah. <laughs> uh, blew right past. Hmm. Uh, that was the part I focused on. and As you should. And uh, I, I forget whether my first thought was Clementine or Tangelo. Mm. But I, I <clears throat> sort of had those bouncing around in my head for a little while. Mm -hmm. but I feel like Tangelo is a... Is a uh, 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 hybridization of tangerine and something else possibly mm -hmm. pomelo but i don't know whether pomelo mm. is itself a, a hybridized word um and i i thought it's well it's not tangerine because that's after tangiers and that's a place uh and i thought well okay so is it clementine could his name have been clement and they simply named it with the diminutive um because i I also thought, like, well, his his name clearly wasn't Clementine. <laughs> um, but then I, then I came back to, no, I think probably his name was Clement. And they just called his little orange a, a little Clement. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried to think of other orange names. And, like, uh, Danjou. I think mm. that's a pear. Yeah. And other kind of... I think I went through another uh, several... <coughs> kinds of pair names specifically okay um and just couldn't couldn't think of another name for something like an orange mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. you get from uh, crossbreeding and and goofing around with oranges i just kept coming back to thinking yeah i th i think his name was clement i don't know that i don't know that i've ever heard it but i just that that fits logically for me his name was clement and this is the clementine that was the correct answer well oh. done Question three gives us uh, the name of two uh, volumes of some sort of German collected works and asks us who assembled them. And specifically, it calls them the Kinder und Hausmachen. Uh, and it starts with Kinder. That means kids. That probably means stories for children. That probably means fairy tales. It's in German. This is probably the Grimm, the Brothers Grimm. Uh, specifically in the very early 19th century, and I kind of had to think, does that sound uh, too late for the Brothers Grimm? And I thought, no, like, we know who they were. Mm -hmm. <coughs> we know that they existed. We know that they, uh, we know their actual uh, identities. So, okay, they aren't as far back as I kind of think of fairy tales. And they were collecting these things. They weren't you know, the, the putative writers like Mother Goose. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, after d using that to kind of push Mother Goose out of my mind, uh, and also just, you know, I, I don't think Mother Goose was supposed to be German or published in German, and these were very clearly in German. And the fact that Thorsten doesn't avoid saying one person very mm -hmm. much but still, assembled by whom is kind of a uh, you know, a way of getting around saying assembled by what two authors, mm -hmm, rather than mm -hmm. saying, you know, assembled by this person. 
um, just to remove that uh, that kind of uh, non-hint if it is more than one person. So that's the long way of saying for, my first thought was Brothers Grimm, and I just sort of tried to buttress that up as much as I could with every individual <laughs> part of the question. And mm -hmm. I finally just decided, yeah, this is the Brothers Grimm. Yeah, so this one, when I first read it, you know, early in the morning, um, the name that came to mind was Hans Christian Andersen. Mm. And, uh, and I did, you know, think of Mother Goose as well, but just like that's, that's more of like an, you know, uh, like Mother Goose herself is sort of a fairy tale figure. It's not right. uh, an actual uh, person. And then I kind of re-looked at these questions as I went to, you know, fill out my answers and thought, that title sounds a lot more German than it does, um, let's say, I think Anderson was Dutch, I want to say. I Danish, I believe. Danish, okay. Um, and I thought, no, this, this looks very much like a German kind of thing. Like, for whatever reason, if this was in Dutch, it, I felt like it would look different to me. Um, and so I thought, well, German children's stories, authors, oh, the, the Brothers Grimm, I think they were German. And so that seems like a little bit of a better fit than Anderson. And I then also kind of noticed that same... Uh, works assembled by whom construction that could accommodate, um, you know, a pair of people or, mm -hmm. or more than a single person mm -hmm. um, doing the work of collecting the stories. Um, and so I thought, yeah, I think that makes sense that, that all the all the signs kind of point to the Brothers Grimm um, now that I took a second look at it, which I wish I had done with question two. <laughs> um, so I also put down Brothers Grimm. And that was correct. And I, I believe that Hans Christian Andersen wrote all of his stories rather than assembling them. I, I'm not sure. I, um, I, I thought his stories had basis in folk tales and fairy yeah. tales, but yeah. I, I don't know. Fair, fair. I, you know, wrote in the sense that Shakespeare wrote all of his stories, mm. and that you know a lot of them had very clear historical and literary antecedents. Sure but that he was the one who put those particular words in that particular order. Mm -hmm. Whereas Brothers Grimm much more were like, hey, here are stories that, you know, have been told and are mm -hmm. and are favorites, and we're just sort of uh, putting them in a particular form and collecting them in a book that everybody can get. Okay. <laughs> I may be wrong about that. I, I can't say, but it doesn't sound implausible. Question four asks us for a two-word Latin term that means, don't forget, you're going to die. Ah, uh, if only I could. Um, yeah, the, and, and refers to these symbols that you might see in still-life paintings, like a skull, flowers, candle, hourglass, all these signs of time, you know, kind of slipping away. Um, and so uh, these are things that you know, as an erstwhile goth, um, <laughs> you know, you, you end up picking up along the way. But also, as a person who's been to a, a number of art museums and stuff, um, it's just a phrase that kind of comes up every so often. Um, and so, don't forget is much like remem remember, and then death is always something about mort. And so, like, Memento Mori is um, the 
the term for these um, reminders of of mortality like this. Um, I think this may have been like a, a word of the day newsletter entry at mm. some point too. Um, but yeah, that it's one of those things that it's just sort of like a phrase you come across in different contexts like deus ex machina mm. or habeas corpus or, you know, just th these little bits of Latin that kind of have stuck around because they have a particular, you know, nugget of, of meaning um, that people find useful. Mm. And so, you know, once I kind of tracked down each little bit of it, um, I was pretty sure this would be Memento Mori. Uh, I did not put that much uh, <laughs> thought into this one. I read it and I said, this is Memento Mori. Mm -hmm. I'm fairly certain of that. So I'm just going to move on to the next question. Sure. And I, I did come back to it later when I was actually filling in and read it again and said, yeah, this, this is Memento Mori. Indeed. Uh, if if it's not, then it's something I'm just confused about what Memento Mori <laughs> is, and I'm not going to get away from it. So mm. I'll go with that. Well, that was the correct answer. So just as well. Question five asks us uh, what German designer who was known for his own uh, automotive, automotive namesake uh, was the designer of the Volkswagen Beetle in 1937? I really thought that this was Hitler the first time I read it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Thorsten is asking us about Hitler. Um, but then I, I remembered like, no, it's, it's just a kind of an urban legend that Hitler was mm. the one who designed the Beetle. Plus he's, you know, does not have an automotive namesake in his own right. So I had to think, okay, German automaker, uh, later than Diesel, who was in the mm. late 19th century. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Mercedes and Benz were also earlier than the 1930s. Okay. Uh, so the other one that I could think of was Daimler. Mm -hmm. I also briefly thought of Chrysler, but then I thought, no, I don't, th I don't think Chrysler was a German auto automotive engineer. I could be wrong. Uh, I, I feel like Chrysler was American, but... Uh, so yeah, I just thought Daimler. Okay. I don't, I don't really know what Daimler did, uh, other than make cars. So I could believe that Daimler was the one who invented the Beetle and then also founded Daimler Motors, which eventually bought Chrysler, etc. Uh -huh. So, okay. Yeah, I'll go with Daimler. Yeah. I, um, it certainly didn't know this out of the gate and was kind of casting about for possible uh, answers or possible possibilities for answers. And of course, Benz came to mind for some reason. I figured Mercedes was too much of a like French or Latinate sort of name to be this, you know, German automotive icon. So I also thought of Daimler and I kind of went back and forth between Daimler and Benz, um, which I think those two were joined at some point as well. I, I feel like they were Daimler Benz is a, was a conglomerate but uh anyway um yeah i just figured it had to be one of those and it didn't it didn't occur to me that if those companies had been founded you know prior to 1937 i mean like why wouldn't they still go ahead and design the volkswagen beetle i didn't see that as a at least implicitly that didn't stop me from thinking you know that whoever designed this had to have founded their company after 1937. That might have led me to a different mm -hmm. uh, path. Um, I 
don't think I would have got this. Uh, anyway, you know, spoiler, I did not. Um, and I ended up going with Benz because I thought if it's that iconic of an automotive, automotive namesake, then why not go with the biggest one that sure. I can think of? The one that is, I think, is arguably best well known or does the most business, you know, here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Reasonable. Yeah, it was Porsche. Okay. Ferdinand Porsche. Who, Today I learned. Yeah, I just didn't even think of the that possibility. It makes mm -hmm. sense. Like you say, it was someone whose cars kind of came after the war and became a thing. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Hello. Yep. Question six asks us for uh, the term for a federated state of Switzerland and gives us a bunch of examples, including Zurich and Luzerne. Right. Um, I think, I don't know where I picked up along the way that Switzerland is divided into cantons. Um, it probably helps that we live right near Canton, Michigan. Um, but I, you know, I don't know that I make that association on a regular basis either. I, I, I can't say where I, again, picked this up. Um, uh, Probably some historical or geographic reading I've tried to do at some point. Um, but I did not consider a single other answer. It came to mind right away. I put down cantons. Yeah, I, I don't know where I learned it either, but I feel like I've known it for a very long time that mm -hmm. Switzerland is in cantons. Yep. That's just a one of those little random things you pick up and it's kind of sticky because I don't know whether it's unique to Switzerland, but right. it's certainly not a term that's used for any, uh, for, for many other places that I know of. And, you know, I don't know, Luxembourg or Liechtenstein or one of those other small states that's around oh, there might yeah. also use it, but uh, that's not what they call them in Germany or France or Italy or Spain or anything like that. So it just, you know, kind of stuck as like, oh, that's, a, uh, an oddity about Switzerland that it is divided in primarily into cantons. And that's what I said. And that was the correct answer. So I had four on the day. Uh, I don't love it, but at least I think one of them is likely to be zeroed because yeah. I mean, food, drink, top yeah. category. Yeah. I might've done that for you. And certainly more so than math. My literature is okay. Um, language is pretty good, so that'll be a low points too. Um, probably the person will rightly put the three on the automotive, automotive question. Hmm. Um, and so maybe I'll get a six, four out of this one. Could do, could do. Uh, I got five. And, nice. Uh, I missed the, I don't know what my business uh, is at. <laughs> that's pretty much what that is. Yeah. You might consider it a world history, but. Mm. I think mostly it's a business, which is yeah. meh for me. Yeah, uh, it's in the it's in the lower half, so might score it, but it's it's over food drink, so I might uh, I might not lose all three on this one. We'll see how yeah. it goes. This uh, appears to be the first business econ question we have gotten. If that is um, here uh, on Match Day Eleven, yeah. If that's what it uh, gets judged as, then yeah, I, I think it would be, um, and. Yeah, that's a it's a very sort of low middling category from for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I won't lose three on it. Maybe only two, uh, especially given that you know math is much lower and so is world history and geography. So mm -hmm. 
uh, or at least a little lower for geography. I'm, I, I've been, I've inched that one upwards a little bit, I'd say. Um, but uh, I have really, as we discussed this morning, had a nice run of luck for once in a <laughs> rundle. Uh, I was in the green starting this match day. I don't know how likely I am to stay there. Um, and, and over time, I, I expect I'll regress a little bit, but, um, but it's been nice to feel like, you know, the chips are falling my way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm performing all right. I think I've had all fours and fives, yeah. which that's about where I want to be. I'd rather see some more beers. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not feeling too down in the dumps about yeah. <laughs> my performance and, and, and I'll take that for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple of bad days mm. uh, and poor, I don't want to say poor luck because I haven't been doing that well, but uh, my opponents have been doing considerably better and I am firmly at the bottom of our rundle. Oh, wow. Uh, 26th by a couple of points with one Me. win so far. Um, I think I've only had one defensive loss where I got like the same amount of questions right, but scored it badly. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's just been, <sighs> I, I, I typically spend, uh, about five seasons in a rundle before getting knocked down. And this <laughs> is my sixth. Right. So yeah, I see it happens. Yep. I'm an A minus player. Indeed. And I'm, I'm an overperforming B plus at the moment, <laughs> or maybe I'm really improving up to a minus. Yeah. You've been in for a while, optimistic. as I recall. Um, and I will say to my credit, my defensive efficiency is over 800 at this oh, wow. point. Yeah, so solid. that's doing some work for me, yep. which is nice. It's nice that I'm kind of sussing out what's a little bit objectively more difficult versus yep. following the person's stats, mm -hmm. you know, rigidly. Yeah, um, which defenses. is not, I still maintain, it's not a bad strategy, mm -hmm. um, but you can get more nuanced with it. Yep. So, yeah, there was a little discussion of that, and I, on one of the Facebook groups, and I mentioned Josh Hill's idea mm -hmm. about give the three to the hardest question you're sure of knowing yep. the answer to, and, um, but yeah, stats and kind of just a sense of like, do people in the world know this thing? Mm -hmm. It's hard to judge sometimes, but... Um, but I think it, it adds a little zhuzh to it. <laughs> so, um, I guess that's where we are today. Yep. So that's about it for us. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.